All right, Justin, sing me the best video game movie song. The best video game movie song? Yeah. Uh, probably, uh, <laughs> I'd probably have to go with Test Your Might. <laughs> Test Your Might. Mortal Kombat! That's the best one, probably. Well, I kind of wish I had like a game show like Ding Noise or something. Because you did, you got it right. You you got the question right. I would have just accepted any song from the three soundtracks for the Mortal Kombat movies. I know there's only two, but oddly enough, there's three discs. Because there's Mortal Kombat soundtrack, more combat, and Mortal Kombat 2. All fantastic. So I would have just accepted any song off of any of them. Yeah, but I mean, that's definitely the one. Like, I don't think any video game movie song comes close to that. Dude, like, it's a... Even it's, if it's, use... now, it's now it's like iconic status. I even hear it in the gym sometimes. Dude, it's one of those I'm things like, oh, like, shit, Mortal Kombat. They could drop music from the game in the movie... And I don't think it'd still be as iconic as that at this point. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, say what you will about Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation, and everybody just says it sucks. But amazing soundtrack. I will stand with that till the day I die. Those are some amazing soundtracks. But, I don't know, let's start the episode. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. I'm Sterling, and I'm joined with Justin. We're going to be talking about some video game movies, and more specifically, we're going to get more in-depth with the recently released Sonic the Hedgehog movie. But since we've only talked essentially one video game movie uh, on the podcast, I'm just going to ask you the question, Justin, to start this off of, what's your favorite video game movie? Well, um, probably for me... Um it, you know, I guess you could you could have subsections and go, well, what about what about animated? What about live action? But for me, the, there was one animated one called Street Fighter Two: the animated movie. And I to this day, I still love that movie. I think that it was just great. I thought that the animation for it at that time everybody looked just like they did spot on on uh, from the video game there are some amazing fights in that that are still like great fights i even went back and watched them a few years ago and i still really enjoyed those fights well, um, is, is, is that the one that has chun Li fighting vega in like her bathrobe or something yes okay yes, i have seen that, that one. i know that one yeah, movie, most yes. people. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have seen it, even though it's not really one of those, you know, a, a lot of people at least know that fight. And if you haven't seen the Chun-Li Vega fight, then go to YouTube and watch that shit. It's still tight. Like th that was just one of the coolest things that uh, that I've seen as far as a video game movie, and that and it was just so good. And I mean, the the Ryu and Ken teaming up to go up against them Bison, like it was just everything I would want a video game movie based on Street Fighter to be. 
And then the actual movie came out with John Claude well, Van Damme. I was about to was say, like, Justin, oh are you saying <laughs> that the live action Street Fighter movie is not everything you would want a Street Fighter movie to be? Is is that the statement <laughs> uh, you were making? Yuck. <laughs> no. But it was uh, no. it was just full of racial stereotypes, Justin. How do you not love that movie? I know, right? Pretty much. And then I think that the story of behind the scenes and what was going on and the fact that and everything that it took and the time limit they were on, I mean, there were just a ton of problems with that movie. And that's kind of been something that has played live action video game movies because I know Mario kind of had a similar story too. Oh, the Mario apparently Brothers the, apparently the story of like the making of Mario is one of the most fucked things in movie history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm t- I mean, people getting drunk on set, not doing anything uh, that they-, they were like, I want to say they were first time directors, right? It was either two brothers For, or maybe a brother no, was, and a sister. It, no, it was a husband like and that, wife. Right? It was a husband and wife. OK, husband and wife. And it was okay, their first that, time doing a movie. They had done. What's that fucking TV show? Something Minds or like it is one of those high concept, you know, uh, 90s comedy TV shows that went for like four episodes before they canceled it and yeah they were from that okay and i knew that the bottom line was is that nobody on set really respected them they didn't really have the artistic perspective that directors would need for something like that they didn't know how to direct actors or anything that was happening so Basically, people were just showing up collecting a paycheck and like like I said, drinking on the job, having these parties, not listening to the directors, doing what they wanted. They would tell them one thing and the actor would just do what they wanted to do. I just heard so many horror stories about the making of Mario Brothers. Yeah, supposedly it was John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins were just constantly drunk. Like, and I'm not going to lie. I kind of wish I was a part of making that movie. Because that would be a fucking awesome-ass thing to get drunk with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Like, I just think that'd be one of the most fun things you could ever do. And apparently that's all that <laughs> that's all that making that movie was. Like, I'm about to say probably the most vulgar thing I've ever said on the podcast. But it's just because of the story behind it. Is apparently one thing Bob Hoskins called the directors a lot is uh, he called them cunts a lot. <laughs> God. And I'm, I'm only using that word just because... That is more or less quoting what Bob Hoskins was like saying, and he's British, so the, you know their standards for saying that's way lower than us. But yeah, like it was just a, apparently a constant shit show. But like it was supposed to go for like I want to say four to six weeks, like filming. It went for over fifteen or something like that. Oh God! Yeah, it was a gigantic shit show. Yeah. So needless to say, and and that's the thing. Like so, that had those problems. Street Fighter had problems like that. Uh, I don't know what if I heard any rumors like that about the second Mortal Kombat. Not so much the first, but I know that the second one. I don't know if that was a rush release too, or um, or not because of like they they had to rush the special effects and stuff, and that's why they looked all kind of hokey compared to the first film. Uh, or maybe it was a change in like writers or directors. I, I know that Mortal Kombat two. There was some behind-the-scenes shit with that, too. But it may not have been, like, the actors or actresses. I think it was more, like, writers, directors changing or uh, creative differences. And then other people came on the project. I want to say it has a story, too. But, you know, but, but with these video game movies, it seems like 
going in, there, there were always just these disaster stories for a lot of them. And so it seemed like these movies were doomed before it even began. And the interesting thing about this Sonic the Hedgehog movie is that it seemed like or it felt like that's exactly where this was headed. Right. Because you had the whole controversy with the how Sonic looked and everybody was just talking about how he looked terrible. He just looked like crap. Um, he looked like a guy in a Sonic costume when the previews first came out. And it really looked like this was about to take a turn, just like a lot of those other video game movies. So I just think that that's interesting, you know? Well, and, and I have famously gone on the record. I say famously, I don't know whoever heard that episode. I have gone on record saying I do think that that was all just a gigantic marketing uh, scam. But no, I, I, I think one of the problems with video game movies is the fact that it was kind of the same problem that plagued uh, comic book movies for a very long time. It's almost like they just figured if you put the characters in anything, that's enough. And what did it really take to truly break comic book movies from that? And that was Marvel making their own movies. I mean, you can argue that, you know, the Batman movies were of a high quality, but that's because DC, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just say it was studios that ended up owning comic book properties made the movies. Like Warner Brothers owned DC, so they made the Batman movies. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't think they did in 1989, but eventually they did with like, you know, the, the Christopher Nolan trilogy. But like Marvel movies weren't really all that good. I know... Everybody likes to, you know, get all sexually aroused for, you know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Mans. They're garbage. But, I mean, what really turned movie, comic book movies around was Marvel making their own movies. Saying, fuck it, we're making our own movies and that type of situation. And it, now, you know, you're getting high-quality comic book movies. I mean, fuck, Birds of Prey was good. That Harley Quinn Birds of Prey was a good movie, you know? Like, you're getting high-quality comic book movies now. And I think until a video game company takes the reins on this shit and makes their own fucking movie, we're going to keep getting garbage ones. I mean, without really saying much on Sonic yet, but like, but the thing that worries me is then we might end up with another Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, that was made by Square. Like, they made it. And it's yeah, was the true. most un-Final Fantasy thing you could ever watch. Yeah. There was no yeah. magic. How do you do anything Final <laughs> Fantasy and not have magic? Like, yeah. And it's funny that you say a lot like and what you're talking about, it feels like that is a big reason for what's been going on with video games. For some reason, uh, when people from Hollywood or and I'll get back to square in a minute, but when people from Hollywood, when they look at these characters or they think video games, they just think, you know, I think that just the the prevalent theory is just that. Video games are just, you, you know, these characters, there's no real depth to them. These things are just fun, throwaway entertainment. So that's what, so the movie can be whatever we want it to be. Or we have to add these elements to it. Yeah, yes, we'll give you the character, but in order for it to be a movie, a real movie, we have to add all these elements to it. We have to add all these things to it because it because the source material just can't stand on its own. It's just silly escapist stuff. So we have to make it cinema. You know what I mean? It feels like that's always, like you said, that's kind of always been 
the ideology, I think, with these video game movies, like you said, that they always feel like as long as we have the character, that'll get them in the door. But in order for this to be a film, we've got to do all these different things with these characters or we've got to put them in a real world scenario or we got to make them look more real or whatever the case may be. I, I, I do think there's something to that. And, and, and like you said, it's just a gross misinterpretation of things, just like you said, with comic book movies and have it and, and they, they take the characters they might understand a little bit about the characters but for the longest time directors and people were just kind of taking the character and doing what they felt like with it or trying to make it more cinematic or more hollywood and things like that thinking that the only way we're going to get other people who are not fans of this in the door is to change it so much to almost unrecognizably so depending on what movie you're talking about but we got to change it so much to appeal to a wide audience and i think that that is something that is plagued uh a lot of video game movies and especially early comic book movies like you said i mean the funny thing is is one of the most video game accurate movies i've seen and they i mean they do take some liberties with it but was a uh, rampage with dwayne the rock johnson very accurate to the game for the most part because i mean it's a monkey a wolf and a fucking crocodile lizard <laughs> thing you know destroying some shit man and you know like i said they take some liberties because they had all this shit of you know the backstory and all this other stuff and they had a story to it because there's not really a story to the rampage games regardless of what anyone says but the thing the problem with that movie is is who the fuck's clamoring for a rampage movie they don't even make the yeah. Rampage games anymore. Like, so who's clamoring for the fucking movie? Like, yeah. or they'll take these they'll take these properties like Need for Speed, right? Because that needs to be a movie. Like, come on, we've got that on lockdown. It's called the Fast and Furious franchise. We don't need a fucking Need for Speed movie because what it comes yeah. across as is not a video game movie, but a fucking cheap rip off of the the Fast and Furious franchise. Like, that's what it comes across as. It doesn't even come across as a video game movie. And then you have like the Tomb Raider movies, which were garbage for the most part. I I actually think the newer Tomb Raider movie isn't terrible. I just think it's still just not good. You know, I still need to see that. I I uh, I I delayed myself on seeing that because I wanted to play the newer games because I had heard the newer games were great. And uh, I wanted to come back to that once I had played the games. And, and I have played the games now. And those games, those new Tomb Raider games are freaking awesome. So I do need to go back and visit that. But yeah, man, I've been hesitant, though, because I know it didn't have the greatest reception. And I'm like, man, dude, uh, but I know dude, I'm going to get still, around. For the it's still top tier video game movies. Huh, okay. Like upper echelon of a video game movie, you know. Cool. I mean, it's. It it blows you know the other two out of the fucking water. Um, but then you do and then you do have a movie like the first Mortal Kombat movie, which is my favorite video game movie, and which I think for the most part hits enough of the right beats to you know work as a Mortal Kombat movie. I mean, it should have been infinitely more violent, considering it goes from the you know first game to ever get an M rating with Mortal Kombat, and then you get this toned down PG thirteen movie, which feels very weird. Um. But it works because my little kid ass was able to go and watch that movie. So I guess that part of it worked. 
Yeah, which was a good decision by them because I'm pretty sure there was there was like, man, what do we do? Because this game is was known. It became iconic because at that time the violence was just so over the top and it was gratuitous and it was gory and there hadn't really been that kind of that level anyway of there were other violent games like doom and shit but there hadn't oh, been there anything nothing on mortal Kombat though yeah nothing on mortal Kombat, nothing to that level of just gory violence and i'm pretty sure when the movie came out i bet there was pressure like man the gore should match the game but i but i think somebody said no what is the average age group of people playing this? Okay, so we need to take that into consideration. It can be violent, but we want people in that age group to see it. And I think that was a smart decision because then everybody could go to the movie, like you said, and go see it. I didn't have to worry about it being an R rated and my folks going, ah, I don't think I want you seeing that. If it's too, I know it's a video game movie, but I don't want you seeing something if it's too violent, you know, that that could have been that that could have really hindered its box office. So and I, I think, think one of the reasons why it was a hit was because of that. Like you well, said, I, I think that works then. I don't think that worked now. I think if you came out with a Mortal Kombat movie now, like the one they're going to come out with what in 2021, if it's not rated R, it's going to bomb. No one's going to see, see that. Yeah, you I could have, see that. Actually, It has to be rated R now. Like you like you said, back then it was kind of, you know, it was it was the un undiscovered country it was all kind of new you know i mean a video games with that level of violence like you said were unheard of really at that point so you couldn't adapt it like that and get people to go to it you know your in general movie audience and now it's video games are so widespread and you know mortal Kombat is just constantly trying to be on the front line of the most violent video game you'll ever come across the movie's got to match it now yeah yeah, and now there's just such a want for authenticity when it comes to certain things, especially like video games, comics and stuff. Now, people want more authenticity. They want it to kind of match what they see in the books or they want it to at least feel and have that essence and kind of capture the have the soul of the original source material. And now, if you're too far away from the source material, you'll hear about it. You know, like, for instance, how Sonic looked, you know, uh, maybe back then you could have got away with Sonic looking hella different from the video game. But nowadays, uh, you know, now you'll hear about it, you well, know, immediately. nowadays there's no so, excuse for it. I yeah, mean, exactly. That too. Yeah. And see, and that's why I feel like it was all a marketing scam with this Sonic thing, because who actually thought that was a good idea? Like, who takes one yeah. of the most iconic characters in video game history and just goes, now make him look different? I mean, at least Mario in the <laughs> Super Mario Brother movie, they put him in some coveralls, like in some overalls. He was mainly in red. Luigi was mainly in green. Like, at least they understood yeah. that enough. Of all the shit they fucking failed at understanding in that movie, at least they understood that. Like, you at least make them look like their characters as much as you can. I mean, the only thing that yeah. was accurate to Sonic with that original design, quote unquote, was that he was blue, had some spiky hair and red shoes. That was it. Yeah. And it's weird because when you watch the movie and given the movie's tone, 
I don't really see how that Sonic, that that original looking realistic, and I'll put that in quotes because (laughs) that's debatable, but I don't really understand how this realistic Sonic would have matched the very cartoony kind of light tone that the film ultimately has. Like that him looking like that would have clashed completely with what everybody else was doing. And and I know we'll get more into specifics here soon, but like it would have clashed completely with the tone of this movie and the character of this movie. That, that's why it's just so weird. And that's why when you say things like, what if it was just a publicity stunt, that actually kind of makes me wonder if it was. Like that, that kind of gives it levity because who thought that having him look like that with the rest of the movie and what you had people doing, how would that have all matched? How could it have possibly matched? His appearance matched what was happening in the film. And it does make you go, man, was it a publicity stunt? But honestly, man, if it was a a stunt in order to get attention or to get eyes on the product, then whoever came up with that strategy is a freaking genius. And, you know, you need to pay him because if, if, if some, if some, if someone or some people sat in a room and went, you know what, what, you know, what'll really uh, make this a hit. If we come out with a shitty version of Sonic for our preview, that'll get eyes on it. And then we will do this thing where we change it because of the fans. And then we'll have people behind us and they'll come see the movie. And if that was somehow anticipated (laughs) and worked to this degree, then then somebody is a genius. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's just one of those things. It just seems too perfect. It's just too perfect that, you know, everything happened the way it did, you know, because it took them like four days for them to go. You're right, guys. We're going to listen to you. We're going to fix the design. And then within like four months, it was just like the perfect Sonic designing. Like, it's like, come on. (laughs) Like, that's way too fucking convenient. They're just like, yep, we're ready to go. Here's a trailer, like, and all this other stuff. I'm like, you motherfuckers planned it. Because like you said, there's actually one scene in the movie I actually think that that other Sonic fit into better than the the one we got. But then every other scene in the movie, yeah, it makes zero sense to have that Sonic. You know, like you said, it just, it's a, a huge stylistic clash. But I mean, since we've, since we've already gone there and we've already, you know, done our little debriefing on on video game movies and stuff like that so what what are your non-spoiler thoughts on 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 sonic and oh let me also give the disclaimer we'll do our non-spoiler we'll do the recommendations i'll give a warning time code will be in the description and then we'll give spoilers just in case anybody's worried about that so so what is your non-spoiler uh review of sonic the hedgehog okay so just to give um a, a little insight um, the, the, this, this, my non-spoiler review is going to come from the perspective of a fan. I've been a fan of this character for a long time. Uh, I played the first games whenever Sonic was introduced. I had the Sega Genesis and of course had all the, the Sonic games that came on that. I played quite a few of his games. I even got the newer Sonic Mania game that came out a couple of years ago which was a great game. Um, you know, I've followed this character for a long time, even watched some of the cartoon series and stuff like that. So, 
you know, I, I consider myself a fan of this character. And I must say that I liked this movie more than I hated it. You know, I, I don't I, I wouldn't say that I loved this movie, but I really liked it, man. I thought it was solid. I, I actually walked out and I went, you know what? That wasn't bad. And to me, that was impressive considering just the the story going into this with the, with the whole having to change the design and this, that, and the other. And then uh, I was like, well, it's Jim Carrey. You know, he's really thin and, you know, animated and everything. Is he going to make a good Robotnik? You know, I just had a lot of questions going in. And then we just talked about the the history of a lot of video game movies and let's just be honest they've been trash so to say i went in with low expectations is an understatement i had zero expectations for this movie i was just going in just with the aim that i'm just just gonna go in take it for what it is and i'm gonna review it and just and give it whatever review it deserves i think it deserves and that's really all i had intended to do um and honestly i was surprised at this man i think that uh the the tone of this was right for sonic it it doesn't take itself too seriously it's fun throughout there were some jokes that landed with me and i laughed a few times in the film and i thought that the the person who voiced uh sonic in this um oh my gosh ben schwartz Schwartz? Yeah. yeah Yes, Ben Schwartz, who's uh, John Raphael on Parks and Rec, who is great on that show. But I thought he did a good job, man. He sounded like Sonic, or at least what I remember from the games and the and the TV shows and stuff like that. He sounded like Sonic. Uh, this whole dynamic with Sonic and uh, James Martin's character, Tom, uh, was a good dynamic. I think that it, it was good to have a character be us, the audience, and I think that that's kind of what Tom was. That That's what he represented. And trying to get to understand this hedgehog and everything that was going on and befriending and understanding who Sonic is and befriending him and everything like that. So I think that that uh, dynamic worked for the film. And ultimately... Uh, Jim Carrey, I thought was a good Robotnik. I thought that overall, uh, the the film gives you a, a, a story about him. It, it makes you understand why Robotnik is the way he is in this film and everything like that. And Jim Carrey just brought an energy to the role and just seemed to be having fun. And like I said, none of this is this is very light. It's not too. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And Overall, I wound up having a good time watching this, and I do feel like, um, the last thing I'll say on the non-spoiler for it, is that I do feel like this was made with some fan insight, or at least the people that made this are fans of Sonic, because there were a lot of homages to the game. I heard music from the game. I thought that at the end, when you get to the, the stylish credits that they did at the end, was a great homage to the game and and even and it even kind of sets up some things that honestly um I'm kind of excited to see where they go with it. So overall, uh I enjoyed this way more than I thought it would. This was a pleasant surprise for me overall. Um 
I guess I'm with you on that. For the most part, I liked it more than I didn't like it. Uh, ben Schwartz as Sonic was good. I loved... I, I've i got a weird relationship with James Marsden. A very weird relationship with him. Because I love him dearly. But I do not like a lot of his movies. <laughs> and it makes me question why I love him dearly. But yet I still do. I can't stop loving him. Um, and I thought he was great in this. I really did. I do disagree with you, though, about Jim Carrey. I thought Jim Carrey was a little too on, a little too animated, and <laughs> a little, little too carry. <laughs> yeah, God, he he could have gone down to half a carry, and it still would have been probably too much for this. Um, I mean, I guess it works though, being because it, it is more of a kids movie. I mean, I say it is more of a kids. It's a fucking kids movie. So I guess in a lot of ways that works for this particular movie, and you know what they were trying to get with it. It just kind of oh was way too much for me. There was only one time where he was full on Jim Carrey that I actually enjoyed, and I'll get into that. I mean, I guess it's not even a spoiler. It's his assistant comes up and asks if he wants a steamed uh, camel's milk latte, if I'm thinking right. And he turns to him like he's like about to like just yell or scream or like throw the coffee in his face and all this other stuff. And he just says, of course I do. I love the way you make them. <laughs> that scene I did yeah. genuinely like. <laughs> I genuinely liked that scene because it it did subvert your expectations. You, like I said, he turned to him like he was going to grab the coffee, pour it scalding hot all over his face, and then shoved the cup down his throat. And he just screams at him in a very angry tone about how he enjoys the way he makes his lattes. And I was like, okay, that actually, I, I did appreciate that. But, I mean, for the most part, I just thought he was just a little too on and, like... I mean, the leading up to the scene we talked about, he's doing these things where he's like running in place and dancing and doing all this stuff. And there's like a, and I don't even remember what it was for. It was like while he was analyzing the fucking Sonic hair or something like that. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, it really just kind of felt like they were like, all right, Jim Carrey, here's the set. We're going to turn the camera on. Just do whatever the fuck you want for however long <laughs> you want. And we'll just use whatever we can. I mean, he's like grabbing the wall and air humping something at one point. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this is bonkers. This just screams somebody needs to put a leash on this fucking guy and pull him the fuck back. Dear God. <laughs> I mean, but other than that, like I said, for the most part, it it's fine. Uh, there was just some weird things to me that I didn't understand why they decided to go that route. I mean, that whole bar scene was just weird and awkward to me. I think too long. Well, it was too long. And I think that that's the one scene in the movie that would have benefited from a more humanistic Sonic because why the fuck was nobody weirded out? There, there's like a two and a half foot tall blue fucker in a bar. And they're like, he's got a skin disorder. And they're like, he's fucking two foot tall and blue and hairy. That's not a skin disorder, motherfuckers. That's a different creature. Like, let's, let's just say what it is. It's bonkers. And it just, like I said, I guess it works just for a kid's movie. But like you said, I guess the fact that it just went so long. I thought it was going to be a kind of quick in and out thing that they were just like, oh, let's go do this. And they're like, yep, that was a bad idea. Why'd we do that? No, they just kept going with it, though. They were doing line dancing, and it was insanity. Yeah, yeah. It was just too long for what the theme that they were going for. Yeah. And then on top of that, the coolest thing about that scene was the, the fight sequence that just rips off X-Men Days of Future Past with uh yeah. with Quicksilver, you know? 
So it was just weird things like that that just kind of really took me out of what the fuck was going on a lot in this movie. Like, I, I just didn't, like, I never got to the point where I was going more than, like, seven and a half minutes without something taking me out of it. Whether it was Jim Carrey or some weird decision they made or just some weird reference to something else that just kept taking me out of things. And I think that that's why I'm probably undoubtedly lower on this movie than you are but i mean it's just from a personal aspect it was just those things just kept being a little jarring to me i never felt like my movie going experience while i'm watching the movie really gained any momentum if if you will which is weird for a movie about a guy that fucking runs around a lot and it's all about momentum and shit but i just never quite felt like i got there and that was just that made it a little rough for me it was a little on the rough side um so, do you have anything else uh, before we move on to recommendations and scores? No, that was it for me as far as that part is concerned. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. So, then what's your recommendation and score, Justin? Uh, I do recommend this film. I think that uh, just kind of like what I was saying, I think that it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I do think that now this is one of the better video game movies to be released. You know, I think that for the most part. Um, it it captured the essence of what Sonic is. Uh, this this uh, hedgehog who's got a heart of gold and an attitude, and he's hella fast, and his games are fun, and you're you're going against Doctor Robotnik, and this had all of that. It had the the whole thing about him being speedy and everything like that, but it also touched on some of the more human aspects of the character and they found a way to kind of put that in there without the movie being too sappy or taken away from the fun of what Sonic is. So I think that uh, for all that being said, uh, it was solid, man. And I think that this is something that kids will enjoy. When I was in the theater, um, there were, it, it was, it was pretty packed, which I was happy to see that. And there were quite a few families in there, and man, kids were just <laughs> laughing all the time. They were laughing at something Sonic was doing. They were laughing at something Robotnik was doing, and they were just having a good old time. Um, so I think that all of that is a, a, a win uh, for the most part. So I would recommend this, especially if you got kids or something like that. I don't think there's a... a a more family-oriented movie out there right now that's, you know, th th that's better to go see than this one. I think it's just right now, it's, it, it you know, I think it's king of the box office right now. And uh, honestly, based on what I've seen thus far, that's probably where it belongs. So I can't recommend it for those reasons. Uh, as far as a score, um, I think that this is a solid B. So I'm going to go with... Uh, 83, 16-bit uh, Genesis credits of Sonic uh, running through the Green Hill Zone out of 100. Damn, an 80-fucking-3. Oh, wow, we, we might have a lot to unpack here at this point. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I don't recommend the movie. I do recommend the movie, especially if you have kids. If you have kids, I feel like this is a great movie to, you know, have a family outing. Uh, to a movie theater. Uh, if you don't have kids and you just want to see it for nostalgic reasons, see a late show so there aren't kids in it. Because fuck, that's something I keep forgetting when I like doing this. Uh, when we go see kids movies and you don't have kids and then all of a sudden there are just kids all in a movie theater and I'm like, oh yeah, 
I'm seeing a kid movie. They're where they're belonging. I'm the weird adult by myself in this movie. So yeah, just go to a late show and just avoid that. Um, <laughs> but it is like a, it is a very good kids movie. And, and I'm going to say, sadly, you are absolutely right, Justin, that this is, it's in the top echelon of video game movies. And I don't think it's because this is a great movie. It's because fuck the bar is so damn low. <laughs> like the fact that you, you can get 50% accurate with video gameness and it kind of just puts you in, you tried harder than anyone else. And I mean, to me, that's kind of what this movie did. I, I still, especially after seeing the movie, still hardcore think that that whole design thing was a fucking scam. But I mean, for what this movie is, it works more than it doesn't, but I still had issues with, with pacing and, and in Jim Carrey and <laughs> all of that mess. Um, like, and I, no, I'm going to hold that thought. I'm going to hold that thought. Um, let's just say there's a lot of weird product placement in this movie. So, um, but all things considered, this is, it is still, it's, it's a good, you know, of, it's, it's a good movie. Um, 67. I like the fact that there were echidnas in the beginning out of a hundred. So yeah, let's go on to spoilers now. So if you don't want spoilers, you stop and come back later. Um, all right. So spoilers, uh, they fucking rammed Olive Garden down our fucking throats. I don't know why. Like did Olive Garden pay for this entire movie? I was going to ask, they must've been like a huge sponsor or something. Cause yeah, yeah especially, I, at the, especially at the end with the gift card and all of that stuff. I thought every other fucking line of dialogue felt like it had the word Olive Garden in it. Fuck. Like that was, it was driving me nuts. And like I said, there was, those are the type of things that kept sucking me out of the movie. You know what I mean? They would just do these things and like, I know it's like a kid movie and it's based on a video game and stuff like that, but there were weird physics issues I had that my mind couldn't stop thinking about. Like at one point when he's like, when they first escape with Sonic after, you know, Robotnik chases him a little bit and stuff and Sonic's like, fine, I'll run this way. And then he runs to the ocean and runs back and he's all covered in seaweed and he's wet and he's got a fish on his head. I'm like, how the fuck a, is he wet and B how the fuck did the fish stay there? Like both of those things would have been fixed. Like him running at the speed in which he runs means that he would have dried off. Like there would have been no moisture on him. And then the, how the fuck did the fish stay on? Like, I know that's a weird nitpicky thing, but during that scene, that's all I was thinking about. I could not, not think about it, especially then like right afterwards, he like dries off real fast and he's all a poof ball and shit like that. Then he, you know, shakes again and he's fine. I'm just like, that weirdly bothered me. And it, it's another thing, and it, it's a it's a weird problem you get with anything that has characters based on speed. I always feel like they're wildly inconsistent with their speed. Like, there are times, like in, in the, that specific scene I'm talking about, he runs to the ocean and back. Let's just say that that's like 250 miles. So he runs 250 miles to and from in what? Like, what, four seconds? Yeah, it was mere seconds. But then... It takes him like more time than that to run through like a normal area sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it it's, and like I said, that's an inherent issue anytime you have a speed based character in a movie or TV show, because you're going to want to show how fast they are, but you're, you're always going to want to take it too far for just little scenes. You know, it's a weird issue I have also with these things where they're not constantly breaking the sound barrier. 
Like, there should be a lot of concussive damage anytime Sonic does anything because he would break the sound barrier every single time he does it. And like I said, I understand it's a weird nitpicky thing. And it's not something that I blame just on Sonic. I have the same issue anytime I see something with the flash in it. You know what I mean? Anytime there's a speed-based character, I end up having these same thoughts in a lot of cases. And I don't know if this was because the character was animated versus the live action people there or what but stuff like that just wouldn't leave my mind and like i said holy fuck was jim carrey on the whole time it's the same reason like him being on the whole time in this movie it's the same reason why i didn't like robin williams genie in aladdin it never stops ever and it just like i said it to me it felt severely out of place and while i know the super mario brothers movie was not a good movie. This movie was making a lot of weird jabs at Mario with the whole Mushroom World thing that, in all honesty, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, this might be a better movie than their movie, but at least one of them still a, like a game manufacturing company and not just a software developer anymore. Like, do you really have the, like, the, the background to make those jabs, Sega? Do you really? And, yeah. And, and like, so that was just weird to me. And also... The, the, the one last thing before I'll let you go. I was slightly weirded out by the beginning of the movie. Like, I know I have my conspiracy theory that they didn't, you know, they did that design the way they did just, you know, as a fake out. But that baby Sonic weirdly didn't fit into the design of the world at the beginning. When he was in that, you know, his home world or whatever and all that other stuff at the beginning of the movie. That design, that little baby Sonic didn't quite fit the design of like the echidnas or even like that gigantic owl, which then the owl, the owl design didn't fit. Like characters in Sonic have a very specific design. You know what I mean? Like with the very thin limbs and, you know, the bigger bodies that taper up and stuff like that. Sonic characters have a very specific design. And the echidnas, like that tribe, that tribe of echidnas, they all kind of had that design. But Baby Sonic weirdly didn't, and neither did the owl. And so to me, I really, that was the only time I really thought maybe that was the original design that we saw the first go-round. Because they had weird character designs every time they went to the animated characters. With the exception of Sonic and, you know, I'm glad we're in spoilers, for the end with Tails. Those were the only two that felt like they were designed by the same group of people. Whereas the owl and the echidnas and baby Sonic felt like they were designed by just other fucking teams randomly that didn't talk to each other. Like some team designed the owl, other team designed the echidnas and did all those animations. And another team did baby Sonic. And then they all just kind of put their shit together and went, Oh, we all kind of went different directions with this. Oh, well too late. We're fucking going on. And by the way, everybody that worked on that movie got a $25 gift card to the Olive Garden. Also, Quick question, why did James Marsden's wife's sister hate him so much? He seemed like just a normal, regular guy. He seemed like he was probably a lovely husband. Why did she hate him so much? Those are the things I thought about. What about you, Justin? What are some spoiler thoughts for you? Okay, well, um, yeah, those are all some uh, interesting thoughts. Um, I, 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 just, I just feel like I, I do better when I just go likes and dislikes, so I'll just kind of do mine that way. Well, first of all, for me, um, the 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 thing about the the Sonic games and the 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 world of Sonic and everything like that is that it, it's kind of actually weird because in Sonic there are 
just real animals that are just that just look like regular animals and then there are like sonic people and knuckles the echidna or tails or any big the cat or any of those characters from the the sonic lore so it's interestingly like this juxtaposition of like real animals and not real animals so uh, i don't know so i guess i just that just wasn't that jarring to me because that is kind of what the, the the games kind of present because there's even like even it even kind of reminds me of like the first Sonic game where Robotnik was going around capturing all these animals. So at the end of every level, you jump on a little lever or whatever, and then this capsule explodes, and all these bunnies and the turtles and lizards and they just look like regular animals come out of the machines because. Robotnik was harvesting them for this nefarious plot or whatever. Um, so, so I don't know. I guess it, it always has kind of had like a mixture. And they and it's one of those things that they do often in cartoons and stuff like that, where you'll just randomly have like Pluto and Goofy. They're both dogs, but one barks and is a dog, is very much a dog. And the other one uh, walks on two feet and talks. You know, it's just those random things they like to do in animated shit where, oh, these can talk and these are just regular animals. So I don't know. That's just a weird dynamic that has always kind of existed in those things. But what I did appreciate about it was I like that this was a Sonic from another world. Like he was from another dimension. He wasn't from the our universe. And I thought that that was a good way to play it rather than trying to have this real hedgehog who somehow got these powers and for some reason can talk and stuff like that. Just being like, he's not from our universe. It's just that a series of events happened and he took a portal and that's why he's in our universe. That to me, I thought that that was a good way to have it. Um, I liked also the fact that it, they avoided the typical fish out of water storyline. I like how we kind of flash forward and Sonic had already been on Earth for a while. So he already knew things. He was already watching movies. I thought that it was cool that he read Flash comics because, of course, Sonic would like the Flash. Like, you know, there were just things that they did that I thought were these little nuances here and there that I appreciated. And I also liked how they found a way to actually incorporate rings in this because you, because in the games, there are rings that take you to that are like portals and they take you to different bonus levels and stuff like that. So they kind of found a way to have rings in there without having him stupidly collecting them or something like that. You know, the, the story is based on him actually having to collect these rings in order to get somewhere. So I thought that that was an interesting way to take some dynamics of the game and have them in here. And it makes sense with respect to the narrative that they were trying to tell. So all of that stuff, uh, I kind of, uh, I kind of appreciate it. Um, 
as far as Dr. Robotnik, um, yeah, I, I, I will admit that Jim Carrey was definitely on um, with this performance. And the thing about Dr. Robotnik in the video games is that he's pretty straightforward, you know, like in the games, he's is this arrogant, evil doctor. He's pretty much your cliche, arrogant, evil doctor is doing things and Sonic has to stop him. So uh, at least what one thing I did appreciate about this is that they at least kind of tried to explain why Robotnik is the way he is. He's condescending to people. He talks down to people. He's super arrogant and eccentric, but he is this genius. And he is this person who has just uh, decided that. Uh, humans are unreliable and I can't rely on them and they're stupid and they're a waste of my time. So everything to him is about his inventions. And I like that. That was what the, the, the dynamic that they took with him. Like people are just crap and unreliable, but my machines, man, that, that, that's what I can rely on. Those things have always come through for me, you know, and there was, and, and I like how they just unraveled this through different parts of the story. Like when he was talking to somebody about how he used to get bullied and everything like that. And then how he would talk to somebody and be like, or somebody would mess up or say something. And he would talk down to him and say, see, this is why I don't deal with human beings. This is why. So I kind of like that. I like that they, that, that they, they took the time to explain that they took the time to explain the dynamics of him and he had a and he had a why you know he had a why for why he was doing certain things and once he found out that he could harness um sonic's power in a way that could enhance his machines well then he had to have sonic he had to have him so this chase dynamic was on so i think i appreciated all of that i liked how they kind of made all of that brought all of that into the universe and everything like that and kind of made these dynamics between sonic and robotnik work for this time um it was also cool how uh, he had uh, these egg machines. So towards the end of the movie, Sonic was called them Eggman because his uh, machines kind of resembled eggs and everything like that. And I thought that was pretty clever. That was a nice little callback to the games because that's what he calls them in the games, Dr. Eggman. So I, I thought that was cool how they kind of made that correlation uh, in the movie. Um, and, and like you said, and then even at the end when um, the fight between him and Robotnik is essentially this chase. I thought that that was great. How they were going through port ring portals and going to all these different uh, landmarks in the world and the Great Wall of China and everything. And Robotnik is essentially chasing him, you know, trying to catch him. And it's about and it's really about Sonic Speed versus robotnik's machines and that really is the dynamic with those two and so i just thought that that was cool how that made it different you know rather than it just being um him battling a bunch of machines and all of that kind of stuff that was an interesting turn that it took at the end of the movie and i thought that that definitely worked it was a great way to showcase sonic strengths and robotnik strengths and in a fighting format in the form of a chase so i thought that that was perfect uh, for this Sonic type of movie. Uh, and, and it's interesting that you said the whole mushroom thing was a jab at Mario because that's exactly 
kind of the vibe that I got. I was like, was that a jab at Mario with the whole mushroom thing? And then I remembered something. Uh, in one of the games, Sonic and Knuckles, there is actually a mushroom world where I think Knuckles comes from. So uh, uh, so that that is actually a world where there are all these mushrooms and you can jump on them and they bounce you up to different areas, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I totally get the jabs uh, at Mario. And, and some of that, I think, also was just in fun, you know, because Sonic was a rival of Mario. So him going, oh, I don't like mushrooms and stuff like that. I just think that's more for fans like, yeah, we remember the say the Mario versus Sonic rivalry. So I just thought maybe it was more not so much like a huh, Nintendo, you suck. I think it was just more like a jab at the fact that they're rivals. And so, of course, Sonic wouldn't like mushrooms and shit like that. Uh, as far as just some dislikes, like you said, the bar scene was just too long. And I get that they were trying to establish that he was trying to be a friend. Mars, Marston and Sonic were trying to be these friends and he was trying to do things with him that was on his bucket list. But why did it all have to be in the bar? I think that you could have left the bar and done some things elsewhere. You could have went some other places or we could have went to some landmarks while we were on the road. And since it kind of became this, this kind of road trip buddy movie the, i wish they had went more places i wish they had gone to some different locations and still i think you could have got the point across but it definitely needed a change of scenery and i do think that that scene uh definitely lasted too long uh and it's interesting also that you talked about sonic speed because honestly in my opinion i think that they nerfed sonic a lot for this movie like sonic is arguably to me i i mean when you when you think about his games and the shows and everything that this character has done i mean th this character is one of the most powerful like video game characters there is i've seen this character stop comets from destroying the earth i've seen this character just do these amazing crazy things now some of that was this is a sonic that doesn't know his full potential he hasn't arrived to the full potential sonic yet but there was a part of me that that, that was just going okay if james marston's character if he just gives him a map he could have just ran to San Francisco in two seconds and got and got the rings and ran up the building and just got the rings that he needed and everything like that. But I played along. I get that the movie needs to be a movie. And he was like, well, look, I can't find it. I don't know where I'm going. So I need you, to, James Marston, to go on this journey with me so we can find uh, my bag of rings and everything like that. But really, man. He could have gave Sonic a map and Sonic could have just found that shit in two minutes. But, you know, so that was just kind of a nitpicky thing that bothered me. Like, I was like, does Sonic really need this person? Not necessarily, but it was more about the fact that he needed friends and he's alone and he needed people and stuff like that. So I at least appreciated the story arc that they were going for. And I guess I forgave it for those reasons. 
Um, but but other than that, yeah, th- those were the big minuses that I had with it was just like the and like, you know, and also like you said, just the product placement and stuff like that, especially at the end with the Olive Garden gift card or them actually quoting the Olive Garden slogan and stuff like that. Yeah, that there were a few scenes where I was like, okay, this is a little excessive. You know what I mean? Like, uh, when are y'all? I mean, okay, I guess. And, and I, I think I even remember asking the person next to me, uh, how much did Olive Garden contribute to this movie? Because golly, they sure had a lot of that stuff in there. So that was just really uh, the, the the main things that I had a problem with. And I guess Jim Carrey, last thing I'll say about him is I haven't seen Jim Carrey in a long time. So I don't know. Maybe I just kind of missed the zaniness, the, the zany uh, dancing everywhere, doing weird stuff, Jim Carrey. I guess maybe it kind of I was OK with it just because I had seen it in a long time. And I guess sometimes, you know, you just you just miss something that you haven't seen in a long time. I have the kind of similar feelings when I watched The Irishman. I just hadn't seen a Scorsese movie with these people like this in a long time. So there was something just kind of uh, refreshing or nostalgic or I guess not refreshing, but nostalgic about seeing those people in their element. And so when I saw Jim Carrey doing his thing and everything like that, I kind of laughed and smiled because it just took me back to, you know, the Jim Carrey that we know and love and the Ace Ventura and all of that stuff like that. So I guess I was a little more um, okay with that than uh, you were. But, But I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, it's definitely... Definitely was you could get away with that in a kid's movie, but had the movie been more mature or something like that, yeah, him dancing around would have just totally (laughs) not fit what was happening. But I think that with this movie and what it was and the tone they were going for, he did kind of get away with it uh, here. And uh, I keep saying the last thing I'll say, I promise this is the last thing. But the last thing was is that I just really enjoyed the ending of this. I liked how Robotnik wound up kind of in Sonic's world because to me, it, it I was kind of excited coming out because I was like, dude, this could totally now play out like a Sonic video game where he kind of has taken over that area over there. And who knows, maybe he befriends Knuckles while he's over there because the way that the, the original video games work is that that's what happens. Robotnik finds, befriends Knuckles and manipulates him, makes him think that Sonic and Tails are the bad guys. So Sonic and Knuckles wind up fighting each other and then come to find out Knuckles realizes that Sonic really isn't the bad person. It's Robotnik. So I could totally see this second movie happening where Robotnik has now kind of taken over that little mushroom kingdom or whatever. He's got Knuckles on his side. You've got Tails and Sonic together, and it's kind of them two against them. And then you kind of have this final battle where Knuckles kind of realizes the errors of the error of his way. So I could totally see 
something similar to that happening for the second movie. And I was kind of happy to see Tails, man. And Tails looked good. He looked like himself. When he spun his tails together like a propeller and started flying around, I was like, hell yeah, man. It kind of made me excited to see what they do with the next movie. So I honestly appreciated all of that. And then the 16-bit ending at the end, that was really cool, man. That put a smile on my face. And it just made me feel like that whoever made this and whoever wrote this had to have been someone who liked these games or cared about this character because it really seemed like they really tried to give you something that captured the essence of that Sonic character and what his games are about and why his games are so much fun. And I thought overall, uh, most of that landed with me and I appreciated what they uh, tried to do with this film overall. Oh, a couple of things. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying with Jim Carrey and everything like that. But to me, I mean, maybe it is because I'm not a nostalgic person really much. It takes a lot to get to me to me to that point. The like, he, yeah, he was more or less just like Jim Carrey of old. But like that worked when I was like nine. Like I was fine with that when I was nine. I'm not fine with that when I'm uh, how old am I? Thirty four. You know, like that's why I guess like. And I just recently found out he's a grandfather. I'm like, you're a fucking grandfather. You can't be air humping the fucking air in a child's movie. Like, get it together, Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I get with what you're saying with the whole like Knuckles thing and the Mushroom World and all this other stuff. But the reason why I do think it's a Mario jab is Knuckles isn't going to be on that Mushroom World unless he somehow got sent there because the echidnas were in the original world because that's what attacks him at the beginning of the movie is a tribe of echidnas like with long claw so to me that's why oh, yeah. that's why that was a jab at mario to me because yeah the echidnas were on the other side you know the echidnas were in their the first world of the movie so unless knuckles somehow gets over there you know via he gets transported by a ring or something you know i mean and that's possible that's all possible you know and all Honestly, it doesn't even matter. They can fucking do whatever they want. But like I, to me, that's just why that that was a jab at Mario. It wasn't uh like an uh, alluding to the world where you know Knuckles is. I actually would have thought it would have been cool if they expanded that battle scene at the beginning and like one of the echidnas could have jumped and like Longclaw the owl could have like knocked it away with a wing or something like that, and it like could have knocked its mask off or something, and it could have been like you know a red echidna and it stands up. And it just holds up its fist. And like you see that Knuckles fist and be like, oh, fuck, that's oh. Knuckles, you know? And then that's when, you know, Sonic gets taken away, you know what I mean? Or goes to the ring, you know what I mean? Something like that. I just think that would have been cool to just allude to, oh, there's a Knuckles. You know what I mean? Just something like that. Um, also, what, I think the ending kind of missed, uh, missed doing something really cool. Like, A, I was really kind of confused on why for most of the movie, Sonic went super powered when he was sad. Like that was just a little weird to me. They're like anytime he got sad, he got super, super fast. I'm like, that's typically the exact opposite of what people do when they're sad. But at the, I thought he was going to go straight up supersonic at the end. Like whenever he more or less comes back from the dead, I thought he was going to go supersonic. And I think they kind of missed that they should have shown something like that. Even if they didn't have him go full supersonic or anything like that. If he had just like, while he was running, you know, or while he was attacking Robotnik, if he had just started to kind of glow slightly gold, you know what I mean? You see some glimpses of a gold Sonic in there. 
I just think that would have been a really cool touch. I got you. I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. It's funny that you say that, though, because my friends and I, we were like, man, why didn't he at least do the spin dash move? I thought that he was going to uh, roll into a ball and start revving up just like he does in the game and just fly right into uh, Robotnik's uh, mobile at that moment. We all thought that he was about to spin dash. We were like, oh, here it comes. Here comes the spin dash. We were ready to see it. And then he just kind of revved up and ran at Robotnik and just did the regular uh, uh, rolling, the the jumping attack. But we wanted to see the spin dash. You know, the thing where he's on the ground and he yeah, revs yeah. up on the ground. I mean, you you, you kind of got a I, little I bit of that when that. he took on that tank thing. I, I really wanted to see him do it like and like you see the dust flying up and everything and everybody's like, oh, shit, what is he doing? I really think there was a moment there they could have done that. I think supersonic could happen later because because since they have established that this is all like Sonic has his own universe and the whole world and everything, then they're very then that means that there can be chaos emeralds, which means that you could have supersonic later. So I didn't necessarily want to see that, but I did want to see that signature move. And I I just don't think, and I feel like that was the moment they really could have done it. And then they didn't. And I was like, damn, you know, because up until that point, they were really on point with everything. Like when he got the red shoes from the girl, I was like, hell yeah. You know, they kind of made that a moment. He had those dilapidated. He, he had those dilapidated shoes, and then Ugh. she brought him the the shoes and everything. I was like, hell yeah, you know. Uh, so you know, people were like, yeah, yeah, and that actually got a pop in the audience. Everybody was like, yeah, the shoes, man. Like everybody was happy that he got his shoes. So I was just waiting on that signature move, and they didn't give it to me. So maybe next time, but 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 you know. Uh, I can't can't win them all, but yeah, Man, that, that's that kind of what I was thinking. That scene where he got the red shoes, come the fuck on, movie. I, I that thought was, that was tight. Ugh. That was tight. Well, hey, it 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 breaks it 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 annoys me with scenes like that because a of course they're gonna do that scene, but it's it's the fact that like why they did that scene. I think that bothers me so much. It's like, yeah, his shoes were all torn up and all this other stuff. Because, yes, any article of clothing you put on this guy is going to instantly disintegrate with the speeds he moves. And the red shoes should do that, too. But that's what bothered me about that, is if you're going to use real-world physics for one thing, then you just ignore it on the next thing. That bothers me. But also, just to have that speed and to be able to do the things that Sonic does anyway, his body would have a higher durability naturally anyway. So even if his shoes were wearing out, it wouldn't actually hurt his feet. And they were just like, oh, look at his little feet. They're all hurt. And she's all, I'm going to give him my red shoes. Like, come the fuck on. That just, I was like, ugh, can we get any more dopey? Like, that's what it was. It felt dopey to me. Uh, I'm just too big of a cynical asshole to deal with movies like this. Uh, I guess so, man. Because I mean, those are his signature shoes. So yeah, I mean, that was just you know. So they just so they just found a way to make a moment out of it, you know, to, for him to have his shoes. So for any person who's a fan of the character, you would have known right away. Oh, he's about to get the shoes, and you know, it was kind of a nice little moment in there. 
to just be like, yeah, now he's got his iconic shoes. You know what I mean? So I just I thought that was kind of cool. You know, I, I thought that was man. It would have been it would have been cool if like five seconds after she gave him and he ran, they just fell apart because that's what shoes would do in that situation. But um. No, and when I was talking about supersonic and things like that, I mean, I get why they wouldn't go full supersonic, but I'm talking about like whenever they started doing that whole pinball thing, which was, and, and that part I actually did kind of appreciate that callback to the original game when he's like bouncing off everything and it sounds very pinball-y. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It's just if during that, instead of it always being blue, if you just started seeing some gold lightning bolts in there, you know what I mean? Just hinting that there's something more like coming on, you know, with that. Um, but no, I do agree with you though, about not doing that spin dash because like that noise of him revving up the spin dash is probably the most iconic Sonic noise there is. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like who, who plays Sonic? And that's not the first thing they do. Like the very first thing you do when you play any incarnation of Sonic is just hold down and do the buttons. And you start, you know, you start doing the rev thing. Yep. That's what yep. you do. It's, it, I mean, that's just, and so I just wanted that so bad, man. And he got down. I mean, and I swear it looked like that's what he was going to do. Like he got his determination and he was like, I'm going to protect the people I love. And, you know, he, he started, you know, you saw the, 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 him revving up or whatever. The body started lighting up and everything. And I was like, hell yes, man. Here comes the spin dash. And then he just, he just jumped. Man, and I, I mean, went, like, damn it, man. I know they were doing all this other stuff, but to me, it would have just been cooler if he'd done the spin dash and he just went straight through Robotnik's ship, kind of like, uh, like the whatever maneuver from fucking Star Wars: Last Jedi, where oh it just yeah, goes straight through it, the warp speed, yeah, and it would have been badass too if, like, as he was revving up, you see dirt flying everywhere. It it, it could have even been like almost damn near like a vortex, like people are getting sucked in or people are grabbing onto the those people that were around. They start like falling and losing their equilibrium and they're like oh shit you know like they really could have sold that big time and then he just charges forward towards Robotnik just like he did you know it could have had the same result but man that rev up would have been epic and if all the people around were reacting to it like oh shit man he's this is about to be crazy that would have been so sick but yeah well no nah. I mean, but anyway worst, I case, worst case they could have done everything they did but then like you know while he's bouncing around and doing the whole pinball thing he could have like gone up in the air like he could have done it even in the air like he's up in the air and he just starts spinning in the air and you start hearing the noise and like you said then lightning builds up and he just like dashes down through, you know what I mean? And then destroys the yeah. ship. You know, you still could have done the, the other too. stuff. And then just the the end, the, the final blow needed to be the spin dash. Yeah, yeah, it needed to be. And they just, they, they dropped the ball on that, man. And they dropped the ball on that. I don't know. The final thing I'll say is a very personal note with this movie is that this movie does something that hurts me on a deep level because this movie Throughout most of the movie, Jim Carrey has a very neat, like, well-groomed mustache. And then, like, after, like, two days of being on the Mushroom World, he's got one of the largest mustaches in human history, which is very video game accurate. That's why they do it. But that creates huge, unrealistic mustache standards. <laughs> and as somebody who 
constantly has what most people consider too much of a mustache because i i have to have it cover my lips like it bothers me if i don't feel my mustache on my bottom lips but it creates unrealistic standards we can't we can't live up to that and it makes me sad that they would go out there and push their unrealistic groomed to ungroomed size difference mustache standards on the general public and our children it's just irresponsible it's irresponsible sega and <laughs> but now you got anything else to say about sonic nah i'm good well unlike after we talked about fantasy island i guess i can do the full outro this time thank you guys for listening to the cinema slayers podcast check us out on the internet which is www.cinemaslayers.com check us out on facebook which is cinema slayers podcast check us out on twitter or instagram at cinema underscore slayers um we've got a couple of uh fan related movie um episodes coming out you guys just movies that you guys have suggested to us and we're actually going to do them one of them is an actual fairly big release that we were just were unable to do at the time so we're playing catch up on it so check uh check out those and also just send us your suggestions uh you know if you've got a movie idea that you want us to or an episode idea of a movie you want us to review uh send it send it uh send us the the movie um it doesn't matter if it's new old whatever just send us the movie you know if it's something we want to do we'll do it uh so we're and we're gonna try to keep uh doing some more of those and stuff like that so check that out um i don't know check out a lot of things i don't know i feel like there's more things i should say and i'm i don't know my, my mind is pulling the sonic right now it's going faster than my mouth can keep up with um so yeah check out all that shit let us know what you think let us know what you thought about sonic let us know what you think about what we thought about sonic and uh just in general let us know uh what you think about us you know get on those itunes and uh and your podcasting apps and whatnots and give us those five stars or not if you're not going to give us five stars just don't give us anything and just message us and tell us we suck instead like don't don't not give us five stars um but yeah just let us know what you think on any of that stuff and as always guys remember according to justin moon knight is a best picture winner oh man Oh, Sonic, you can really do Sonic, he's got that attitude, Sonic, he's the fastest thing alive, he's the fastest thing alive. God, I wish we hadn't ended on that.